This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of Montasia fractures from the trauma section on orthobullets.com. Let's start this episode with a quick summary. A Montasia fracture is defined as a proximal one-third ulna fracture with an associated radial head dislocation. Diagnosis is made with forearm and elbow radiographs to check for congruency of the radiocapitellar joint in the setting of an ulna fracture. Treatment can be isolated close reduction in the pediatric population if the radiocapitellar joint remains stable. Adults and unstable injuries generally require ORIF of the ulna. Now let's get into the episode. With respect to epidemiology, as far as the incidence, Montasia fractures are rare in adults. These are more common in children with a peak incidence between 4 and 10 years of age. Know that there's a different treatment protocol for children, and this will be discussed in a separate podcast episode talking about pediatric Montasia fractures. As far as associated injuries with Montasia fractures, they may be part of a complex injury pattern including olecranon fracture dislocation, radial head fracture, coronoid fracture, LCL injury, and or a terrible triad of the elbow. As far as the anatomy, the important ligament to remember is the annular ligament. As far as the classification of Montasia fractures, the two to know include the Bado classification and the Jupiter classification of type 2 Montasia fracture dislocations. The Bado classification is divided into four types. Type 1 fractures make up 60% of Montasia fractures, and these are described as a fracture of the proximal or middle third of the ulna with anterior dislocation of the radial head. This is most common in children and young adults. Bado type 2 injuries make up 15% of Montasia fractures, and they are described as fractures of the proximal or middle third of the ulna with a posterior dislocation of the radial head. These make up 70 to 80% of adult Montasia fractures. Again, a Bado type 1 has anterior dislocation of the radial head, and a Bado type 2 has a posterior dislocation of the radial head. Bado type 3 make up 20% of Montasia fractures and are described as a fracture of the ulnar metaphysis distal to the coronoid process with lateral dislocation of the radial head. And a Bado type 4 make up 5% of Montasia fractures and is described as a fracture of the proximal or middle third of the ulna and radius with dislocation of the radial head in any direction. Again, a Bado type 1 has anterior dislocation of the radial head, type 2 has posterior dislocation of the radial head, type 3 has lateral dislocation of the radial head, and type 4 can have a radial head dislocation in any direction. Moving on to the Jupiter classification of type 2 Montasia fracture dislocations, this is divided into four types, type 2A, type 2B, type 2C, and type 2D. Type 2A is at the coronoid level, type 2B is at the metaphyseal-diaphyseal junction, type 2C is distal to the coronoid, and type 2D is a fracture extending to the distal half of the ulna. As far as the presentation of Montasia fractures, symptoms include pain and swelling at the elbow joint. Physical exam should include inspection, assessment of range of motion and instability, as well as a neurovascular exam. With respect to inspection, there may or may not be an obvious dislocation at the radiocapitellar joint. As part of your inspection, you should make sure to evaluate the skin integrity. As far as range of motion and instability, you may notice that there may be a loss of range of motion at the elbow due to dislocation. As far as neurovascular exam, look out for PIN neuropathy, which may manifest as radial deviation of the hand with wrist extension, weakness of thumb extension, weakness of MCP extension, and weakness of MCP extension. Keep in mind that PIN neuropathy is the most likely nerve injury. As far as imaging, recommended views on radiographs include an AP and a lateral of the elbow, wrist, and forearm. 
A CT scan is helpful in fractures involving the coronoid, olecranon, and the radial head. Treatment of Montagia fractures can be non-operative or operative. Non-operative management involves closed reduction. This is more common and successful in children, and you must ensure stability and anatomic alignment of the ulnar fracture. As far as the technique of non-operative management, make sure to cast these patients in supination for BATO type 1 and BATO type 3 injuries. Operative options for Montagia fractures include ORIF of the ulnar shaft fracture, ORIF of the ulnar shaft fracture plus open reduction of the radial head, and intramedullary nailing of the ulna. ORIF of the ulnar shaft fracture is indicated for acute fractures which are open or unstable, for example, a long oblique fracture pattern. Other indications include comminuted fractures, and remember that most Montagia fractures in adults are treated surgically. ORIF of the ulnar shaft fracture and open reduction of the radial head is indicated when there is a failure to reduce the radial head with ORIF of the ulnar shaft only. Make sure that you ensure that the ulnar reduction is correct. This option is also indicated for complex injury patterns. Intramedullary nailing of the ulna is indicated for transverse or short oblique fractures. Now let's go over some of these surgical techniques in a bit more detail. As far as ORIF of the ulnar shaft fracture, the approach can be done in the lateral decubitus position with the arm over a padded support. You will make a midline posterior incision placed lateral to the tip of the olecranon. Then you will develop the interval between the flexor carpi ulnaris and anconius along the ulnar border proximally and the interval between the FCU and the ECU distally. As far as the techniques, with proper alignment of the ulna, the radial head usually reduces and open reduction of the radial head is rarely needed. However, failure to align the ulna will lead to chronic dislocation of the radial head. As far as ORIF of the radial head, the approach for this is the posterolateral or coker approach, and with respect to the technique, the annular ligament is often found interposed in the radiohumeral joint, preventing anatomic reduction after ulnar open reduction internal fixation. Remember that the treatment is based on the involved components, that is the radial head, the coronoid, and the LCL. With respect to surgical complications, the ones to know include PIN neuropathy and malunion with radial head dislocation. With respect to PIN neuropathy, you will see up to 10% in acute injuries. The treatment is observation for two to three months. These spontaneously resolve in most cases. However, if there's no improvement, obtain nerve conduction studies. As far as malunion with radial head dislocation, these are usually caused by failure to obtain anatomic alignment of the ulna and the treatment is ulnar osteotomy and open reduction of the radial head. As far as the prognosis of montagia fractures, if the diagnosis is delayed greater than two to three weeks, complication rates increase significantly. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A 54-year-old woman sustains a bado type 2 or posterior montagia lesion. The injury involves her non-dominant extremity. What should the patient be told regarding her expected outcome? And the choices are 1. She should expect to return to full function and regain full range of elbow motion. 2. Reduction in casting has equivalent outcomes to those of surgical treatment. 3. This type of injury is associated with a high rate of complications. 4. Nerve dysfunction is commonly associated with this injury. And five, ulnohumeral instability is the major complication seen with this fracture pattern. The correct answer to this question is three. This type of injury is associated with a high rate of complications. So BATO type 2 or posterior montagia lesions are associated with higher rates of complications than other types of montagia lesions. 
The injury is associated with indirect high-energy trauma and less often pathologic causes. Of the four types of Montasia lesions, the type 2 or posterior type is associated with the worst prognosis. These injuries are best treated surgically with dorsal plating of the ulna and reduction with fixation or arthroplasty of the radial head. The major complications seen with this injury pattern are non-union and plate failure. Almost all patients have some loss of elbow range of motion. Satisfactory results based on functional scores for this injury are not universal. Neurologic injury and ulnohumeral instability are unusual with this type of injury. Full functional recovery is not expected with non-surgical management. Moving on to the next question. A 12-year-old male sustains an ulnar fracture with an associated posterior lateral radial head dislocation. After undergoing closed reduction, the radiocapitellar joint is noted to remain non-concentric. What is the most likely finding? And the choices are 1. Lateral ulnar collateral ligament disruption. 2. Anterior band of the medial collateral disruption. 3. Posterior band of the medial collateral ligament disruption. 4. Annular ligament interposition. And 5. Anconius muscle interposition. The correct answer to this question is 4. Annular ligament interposition. So in pediatric montasia fractures, the annular ligament is commonly interposed in the radiocapitellar joint. To quickly review, Bado initially described and classified montasia fractures. The most common injury pattern is an extension type 1 with anterior radial head dislocation and apex anterior ulnar shaft fracture. The apex of the ulnar fracture determines the direction of the radial head subluxation or dislocation. Adults typically require ORIF of the ulna. These fractures in children are often treated non-operatively with close reduction if the ulna fracture is transverse and stable. Type 3 is the one most commonly associated with irreducibility of the radial head because of interposition of the annular ligament. The incidence of posterior interosseous nerve injury is high with this lesion. The nerve deficit usually completely resolves rapidly and spontaneously. Tan et al. reviewed their treatment of 35 children with type 1 and type 3 montasia fractures. All radial heads were explored, and the interposed annular ligament was stretched out of the joint space. They noted that none of the patients had any recurrent dislocation or subluxation. Ring et al. in their review stressed the importance of an anatomic reduction of the ulna to restore the reduction of the radial head. And the final question reads, A 52-year-old woman who is right-hand dominant sustains an injury to her elbow in a fall. A radiograph shows a Bado type 2 variant montasia fracture with a comminuted radial head fracture. The preferred treatment of this injury pattern should include, and the choices are 1, lateral plating of the proximal ulna and fixation of the radial head, 2, Kirshner wire slash tension band fixation of the proximal ulna alone, 3, close reduction in casting, 4, dorsal plating of the proximal ulna and radial head replacement, and 5, total elbow arthroplasty. The correct answer to this question is 4, dorsal plating of the proximal ulna and radial head replacement. So the patient in the question stem has a Bado type 2 variant montasia fracture with a radial head fracture. The type 2 variant is associated with a higher non-union rate and poorer outcomes compared to other Bado type montasia fractures. While it's potentially acceptable to repair the radial head, factors such as higher degrees of comminution and older age lead toward replacement as the treatment of choice. Plate and screw fixation is favored over Kirshner wire slash tension band fixation because this is not a simple olecranon fracture. 
plate placement in a type 2 fracture is dorsal to counteract very high tensile forces associated with fixation failure. That's all for this review about Montasia fractures. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.